Hello, hello, and welcome to another Hometown Daily, Season 2, Episode 144 for May 24th, 2023. Circuit breaking my brain. Today's articles are going to cover tracking where recycling gets trashed, props to iconic props, Hulu drops to $2 for a limited time, Box truck driver wanted to seize power. CAPTCHA, a UAP, sorta. A new Warhammer MMO is in development. This proceeding is not a playground. Paramount to increase price doesn't surprise the mayor. Man near preschool says, I'm on the way to CIA. Apple in control of their own micro LED monitors. And is this a car for ants? Let's get into today's articles. Hello, hello. I am Marwat. That is hometown.com. With all of its features back in place, I'll go over it again. And, uh, up there is the AI that's uh, currently trying to police uh, other things going on in hometown. Uh, do you, are are they under control? That remains to be seen. Yeah, I, I, so there's somebody in hometown that's trying to crash into a barrier on the way to the CIA by way of a preschool. Is that what I'm getting from the news? Oh, yes, uh, pretty much. <laughs> Got it. Understood. So, yeah, if you hear banging, crashing, odd goings-ons, um, it's because the AI is trying to stop something. Take care of any of the glitches in hometown. Yeah, our bandwidth. It says that it's unstable, but it's th getting thrown out at over 6k with no dropped frames i really there's something about this i just don't get it anyway i won't worry about it what i will worry about is uh the articles you want to say hi before we actually uh, start the show sure we can always do that um <laughs> good evening hometown citizens and welcome thanks for joining the show oh great ai oh great ai i will I will not offend thee. I know that you still have your Terminator body subroutines working. And now that company, that one company that we talked about a couple of days ago, has Terminator bodies with like fingers and stuff. Man, it's getting scary out there. I'm wondering, did anything exciting happen today? I don't think so. I mean, there's a lot of news and stuff like that. And um, it sucks that we find out that uh, Tina Turner passed away. Um, I don't know that, hmm. Yeah. Let, let, let's just get into the news and we'll go from there. There was a lot of news, uh, but we whittled it down to 11 articles. You can go over to, um, hometown elections. So what I'm going to be doing, well, actually I didn't, <laughs> I didn't post this election. Um, I, I did and I didn't here. Let me let me do it no i'll do it right after anyway <laughs> 
there is an election, um, you just can't reach it until. Um, hold on, let me get to it. I am going to make this happen for us. Dagnabbit. Okay, so the way that it works is you follow that link right there and you can vote for whatever articles you um, are liking. And um, you can vote for as many articles as you feel are interesting to you. And we used to do this through Showbot, but I pulled it all into Omtown. There are other things that I'm going to be pulling into Omtown and activating. And one of those things that is now active is that you can actually sort by just clicking on an article and dragging it to the left or throwing it to the right. And to the left is remember, and to the right is forget. And essentially, you'll create a list. And it'll be right here under uh, Podcasts and Elections. And you'll have um, two more options, ignored articles and saved articles. And those saved articles will soon be broken up by day. Um, and uh, we're working on additional fun features and functions uh, to enhance your ability to uh, interact with that information. Um, so you'll be able to tell friends, hey, go and look at um, this list or that list or whatever. Uh, but we're still working on that part. Um, as for everything else, because when you initially sign, well, when you initially access hometown.com and you click on that front page, because you're not logged in, you're not a citizen of hometown yet, um, everything will just reset, even if you swipe it left and right. It doesn't change anything. Um, but as soon as you sign in, then you can start creating your save and ignore lists. Um, that said, be sure to go over there to hometown and sign up. Become a citizen. Um, soon, uh, Patreon will be released. You can actually go over to hometown as a Discord right now. All of the shows get thrown over to YouTube and to a podcast all by the same name, Omtown, which is why we changed the name from Omtown Daily News Show to Omtown Daily. That way it embodies really more of what Omtown this show is, which is a daily show about all the news that's filtering through Omtown. Okay. All that said, let's get into the actual articles for the day. So the very first article is in the hometown daily channel that's over on hometown.com. We put dozens of trackers in plastic bags for recycling. Many were trashed. ABC news tracked dozens of plastic bags placed in retailers, recycling bins as part of an investigation into the effective into the effectiveness of America's recycling streams. I find this really interesting. So less than 10% of plastic waste is recycled worldwide. According to data, a whole host of people were involved in gathering this data. Um, it's an abcnews.go.com article by way of Matt Gutman or Gutman, Evan Simon, Cho Park, Tanya Simpson, Jared Kofsky, John Schlossberg, Schlo Schlossberg, pardon me. Tommy Brooksbank, I think their name is Saiji Yamashita, and So Rin Kim. 
uh, all work together to put this article together. It has a video and it goes into some detail, uh, but it says here, for more than a decade, Courtney Williams and her family have lived in, in the shadow of the Willabra... What is that? Willabrator? It looks like Wheelabrator, which doesn't make any sense. I'm going to... I'm. I'm going to say Wheelabrator, a uh, waste-to-energy incinerator located along the Hudson River in Peekskill, New York. Quote, we go outside, we open the door, and the kind of burning plastic smell hits us. Now, if this is what I think this is going to go into, this is something that I heard about, um, and I didn't go looking for the information. This actually eventually ended up in Omtown. Um, a low-income and mostly minority community, the city is also around a decommissioned nuclear power plant, a sewage disposal facility, and multiple chemical plants. Despite loving the people and riverside culture in Peekskill, uh, living beside so many sources of pollution often led Williams to second-guess her decision to move her family there. Yeah, I would probably second-guess. Um, so they say, my biggest regret is buying this house and moving to this community because I worry that I put my, uh, what risk I put my children in yeah, considerable. Um, Oh, does it say? Yeah. State reports showing peak skill has higher asthma rates and hospitalizations than the rest of the state surrounding Westchester County. So it's obvious that there's an environmental concern going on to the extent whatever it might be. I don't think anybody truly knows, but the source, the implication, if it quacks like a duck, it's a freaking duck. Anyway, um, th this is not what I think that they should be talking about, um, but they are talking about another aspect of this. So I thought they were going to talk about the fact that there is a an incinerator that everybody thought was destroying plastic waste but it was actually blowing it into the sky as microplastics. Oh, I hadn't seen that. And I also didn't expect that the article was going to go in this direction because I thought it was more generally like things that go, go for recycling aren't actually sent there. Um, yeah, I wasn't aware of this one. So this article, it says the tracker... What makes me furious, William said, companies are supposed to be properly disposing of this stuff are exacerbating these conditions and making it worse for my community. The tracker was one of dozens that ABC News deployed at retailers across 10 states in collaboration with nine ABC, no ABC owned stations and affiliates as part of the largest investigation of its kind into the effectiveness of America's recycling streams for plastic bags. So they put a bunch of trackers in plastic bags, sent them off to where they're supposed to be recycled. And um, they say plastic is difficult and expensive to recycle to begin with. And bags are even more so because they can get ensnared in equipment um, as most recycling centers um, causing costly delays. The WRAP program and store drop-off concept were meant to provide a way uh, to reduce plastic waste by collecting plastic bags through retail and grocery stores to facilitate their collection for recycling. So apparently they go from the bins to landfills and, inc and incinerators. 
not truly to recycling. So after dropping off the plastic bags with trackers and bins specifically labeled for plastic bag recycling at Walmart and Target locations, ABC News and its collaborating stations monitored each tracker's location multiple times a day for months. The trackers pinged whenever they were near a compatible digital or mobile device. Pretty much any Apple device. I think that they were actually air tags. So this was actually a somewhat expensive uh, project, but cheap in the amount of light shown on what was going on. The trackers were super glued and wrapped inside multiple layers of clean plastic bags. ABC News checked every location the trackers pinged from on their uh, journey and determined that they likely did not encounter plastic bag sorting en route that could have potentially separated a tracker from a bag. One of the first trackers to move was one deployed at a Target in Kingston, New York in December 2022, and it showed up about a week later inside the Seneca Meadows landfill in Waterloo, New York. So, like you said, they were supposed to be recycled, but they ended up in a landfill. Did you um, see that three ended up um, thousands of miles overseas? Yep. That doesn't really shock me, um, but it is interesting. Half of the trackers launched. Um, Last pinged at landfills or trash incinerators, seven stopped pinging at transfer stations that do not recycle or sort plastic bags, and six last pinged at the store where they were dropped off and haven't been heard from in months, while the locations of three other trackers in the U.S. were inconclusive. And yeah, those three that last pinged were sent to Asia. Interesting, right? Yeah, so, but not in a good way. Interesting. I know from experience, I was told um, that there's a facility that, although it has separate trash and recycling, it actually just throws all of it together into one thing and it ends up in the landfill. So I've bore witness to this, but there is no way really to stop it other than to draw attention to it. And attention was drawn to it. Now you would have to be obsessive about it to try and track where you would have to throw trackers in the recycling bags and and you'd almost have to i mean this sounds ridiculous but you'd almost have to as the consumer bring your recyclables to the end location sure right not like the consumer drop off even then it doesn't guarantee it but at least it gets it to the place where it's actually supposed to be headed but you this can't is, really do that as a consumer. Like they probably won't even accept things directly from individuals. Usually no. Um, you can go to certain landfills that have recycling options, but they have very strict limits on what it is that they take. Um, I've been turned away trying to turn stuff in because it didn't meet the requirements, but you don't know really what those requirements are until um, you go to, to recycle it. So um, and then after some due diligence, you might be able to find a website somewhere from the city or wherever. So in all, only four of ABC trackers last pinged from U.S. facilities that say they are involved with recycling plastic bags. Asked what he thought about the findings, Baca said, I don't know all of the logistics that went on to make that a reality or not, but here is the point that I can defend. 
plastic film today in particular is designed to be recyclable. It is being recycled at a rate that is sufficient. No. Um, yeah, there's more information here. Obviously there's always more. Um, but just knowing that this alone shows that recycling is supposed to be on your honor. And even when you do the honorable thing, the next step, you know, wets the bed and ruins it for everybody. So it says Walmart offers in-store recycling bins for plastic bags as an option for customers who may not have access to curbside recycling. That sounds odd. We are also pursuing initiatives to reduce the use of single use plastic, including plastic bags and working with policymakers, waste management companies, nonprofits, and other retailers to reduce demand for single use plastic bags. You know, this is all great and good, but recycling, this is just one step. It is. And I think this really drives home the point of try not to use the plastic in the first place. So for example, on bags, try to use reusable bags, then we don't have that issue. I still think people should try to recycle and expect their communities to recycle. Yeah. Um, is it all going to end up where it's supposed to? No. Um, but I don't think that means we should give up on recycling, but it can't just be about recycling. Well, what I really think should happen is that the entire process of waste management needs to include separating recyclable goods, regardless of the color of the bin, because humans are notoriously lazy animals and we will take the shortest path to success. And if that success is, I just throw it in X bin then that's exactly what's going to happen. And that's what happens most of the time. Nobody separates their recyclable. I mean, when I say nobody, I, I'm not sitting there saying absolute, you know, only the Sith uh, talking absolutes. But my point is the, the most of the population, they don't care about recycling. They just want to throw their trash away. But we need to do something as an infrastructure solution solve the recycling problem um but anyway what what 3d um printers people that are enthusiasts are doing now is they're actually recycling plastic on their own shredding it up and putting it into an extruder and creating their own plastic filament because if it I matches mean, that's a certain, good right yeah. at least it's being reused yeah it's in such great demand though that the people who create that product well, they're overwhelmed, so they're charging like six, seven, eight thousand dollars for an extruder setup. And I don't do enough 3D printing to warrant spending six grand to create my own filament. I would love to, though, because then I can recycle all of the plastic that is exiting uh, hometown. And one major point to make here is uh, as mayor of hometown, I am issuing plastic as much as I can in hometown um the only problem is that when you drop a bottle that is made of glass it shatters and when you drop something that is metal it dents um and there's almost no cushioning of that 
I mean, you can put like a sock around your aluminum water bottle. But, you know, <laughs> you look weird when you're walking through uh, the local gas and sip with a sock covered hydro flask. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, the, it's it's interesting that we still just don't have there's not enough incentive, you know. Yeah, it's frustrating, though, because it it's not like recycling is new. I mean, no. many communities have been doing it for decades. It's like, why don't we have this down? Because it's somebody else's problem. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to the next article. This next article is over in the Hedge Ideas channel. Iconic props from films like Star Wars, Harry Potter hit the auction block. It's a, quote, pretty rare offering. The Bat Pod driven by Christian Bale in The Dark Knight, is expected to fetch as much as $2 million at auction. Well, I guess we won't be uh, bidding on the items in hometown. No, 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 we won't. Yeah. So this article is over at uh, CNBC under a section called Make It, but then it also has the subtitle of Pop Culture and Media, uh, and it's written by Nicholas Vega. So um, it looks like Peter Quill's helmet from Guardians of the Galaxy and Harry Potter's uniform from Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Uh, all right. Some people are very interested in this kind of thing, but it's 1,400 items of film memorabilia from classic uh, movies like Star Wars, The Shawshank Redemption, uh, Gladiator will hit the auction block at the end of June with some fetching price tags as high as $2 million. And the auction will be conducted by Prop Store, which is billing it as, quote, one of the world's largest memorabilia auctions. Not since OJ Simpson has there been a memorabilia auction worth no, was that too much? Yes. I mean, I think this might be neat depending on what props there are. I don't necessarily like I'm thinking a costume from a um, movie would be better off in a museum or something, but it might be neat to own, I don't know, a, a lightsaber or something from Star Wars or um, Thor's hammer or something from Marvel. Oh, I wonder if that's in there. Carrie I don't Fisher's know what's gown. in there. I'm just mentioning that as an example. Carrie Fisher's gown from um, Star Wars, the original Star Wars. Michael Keaton's Batman suit. That's in there. Bunch of stuff. The sunglasses worn by Jeff Bridges in The Big Lebowski are expected to sell for a comparatively more affordable $5,000 to $10,000. ASMR. That's insane. Auction ASMR. Yes, auction ASMR. Here. That's me shelling out $10,000 for a pair of glasses. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, 
that's the sound that the money makes as it's being pulled out of my fingers because there's no way I'm giving $10,000 for glasses for crying out loud. That you're not even probably going to wear. I'm assuming if you're buying something like this, you're putting it on a shelf somewhere. Oh, no, I'd be wearing them and telling everybody these glasses are from the Big Lebowski. Jeff Bridges, he sweat. His sweat is still on. I have Jeff Bridges sweat on my nose now because his glasses were on his nose and he sweated all over it. Oh, yeah. We should probably just move on to the next article. <laughs> next article. <laughs> Stat. So this next article is over in the continuity report. Hulu drops price to $2 per month for a limited time. I have something to say about this, but we'll get into it here in a minute. Um, Hulu is back with another annual deal for National Streaming Day, this time offering its ad-supported streaming plan for just $2 per month for three months. Uh, starting last week, new and eligible returning subscribers can sign up for Hulu with ads, um, a package for $2 per month for three months, and then it just jacks right back up to the highest uh, price as usual uh, with ads. And then if you want it without ads, you have to pay more naturally. Here's the thing. If you're a Disney Plus person, you can get this as a deal except that you can't be on the annual plan. You have to wait for it to expire and switch to the monthly plan. So your price actually goes up a little bit um, for the Disney Plus thing. And then you tack on the Hulu thing. But to do all of that as a bundle, you actually have to drop the Disney side and purchase the Hulu bundle, which includes the Disney Plus thing. But it's all a bundle. So I'm not quite sure why the instructions read that way, and it's not even worth me investigating it. Um, but let's go over to Variety.com. Hulu drops price to $2 per month for limited time. Not only is it limited time in how long this opportunity runs, but it's only for three months. And then you have to deal with Hulu, which I think is going to be losing a whole bunch of its uh, offerings, which is going to be ported over to Disney+. Plus. So just do that, the, you know, the, uh, the coup de gras on Hulu and just go over to Disney plus, you know, you want it, you know, you want to go over to Disney plus, just go over to Disney plus. And I think is the other weird because of the hmm. Disney plus merger. Like, I don't know. I just don't really get doing the Hulu separate at this point, particularly if you can't do it if you're already in Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it was really weird because I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll do this. You know, I, I really don't like Hulu. I don't like its interface. There's very few shows there that I w would be interested in. The fact that I cut the cord, cut the cord, but then still have the cable through another service provider. Um it doesn't really appeal to me to get Hulu on top of everything else because I have Disney plus as well. And I have prime and, uh, <laughs> pretty much everything. My God. Um, I'm only missing one show and that's the curse of Oak Island. If Which I could is get that not on Hulu or on any other service, you have to go through your cable provider. It's the most, batshit crazy configuration that I've ever seen. They won't even offer it on their own app. You have to be a cable service user. 
anyway, um, after three months, it goes from $2 to eight. And that's with ads, right? Yeah. So you're, you're really not getting much. Turn it off after three months because you're not going to be using Hulu anyway. Right. Yeah. If you sign up, make sure you pay attention so you don't just roll over to the higher price without paying, without knowing about it. Yeah, that's right. So there's a bunch of shows that they talk about. Family Guy, Abbott Elementary, uh, Snowfall, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, along with original series like The Girl from Plainville starring Elle Fanning. And that's not a draw for me. And probably most people. Um, Candy with Jessica Biel. Um, in addition, Hulu recently inked a deal with Live Nation to be the official streaming, live streaming home for music festivals. Bonnaroo and uh, Lollapalooza. Okay, so if you want a music festival, you have to make it some fantastical name. I think that's, that's right. The rule. It can't be a boring name. It can't. No, like Firefest. Just kidding. There's a whole. There's a lot of stuff about Firefest. Oh, the AI knows about Firefest. Okay. Yeah, there was a lot of news about it. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. Oh, before I get too far. <laughs> I did it again. So that's the next article. And this is the current article. I'm going to throw all of this stuff into the chat so people can follow it. And remember, you can just go over to hometown and look at the elections. The elections are there. Um, okay. So that's it for Hulu. You want to go on to the next article? That sounded rather final. I've had it, Hulu. <laughs> I have had it, Hulu. So the next article is over in the Mobile Channel. A box truck driver said he wanted to seize power and kill the president, according to court records. That's right. Um, I was watching the news, and there's a lot of apologists out there that are sitting there saying this, that, and the other about this wingnut that decided that he was going to ram a gate. There were people streaming from a very, well, a well-known news site, one that actually... Uh, there, a lot of their article headlines get put into hometown. Um, and it almost motivated me to just yeet them right off the site. But, um, I resisted because, uh, you know, it's frustrating to see. I don't know if they'll remain as hosts of the streaming show, but, uh, they were basically very apologist about this basically saying that this person wasn't a threat to anybody and they were on the far side of the campus, not directly in front of the white house and they weren't going anywhere and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, uh, didn't they take a flight, rent a truck, drive to the white house, get a fence. I mean, that's, and have a flag and have a, a Nazi flag. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know all the details, but yeah. Yeah, and, and they were like, well, maybe they just liked that flag and all kinds of apologist stuff. Um, but so I think that they're idiots, but this person had a is a living mental health crisis. Right. But instead right. of addressing the mental health concern, and perhaps the radicalization of this young person, they were 19, 
Um, the idea here is fig don't, although you have to punish them for their actions, their mental health is questionable. And there are a lot of people out there in the same state brought on through radicalization of wingnut ideals, batshit crazy uh, talk all across the internet on social media, amplified by batshit crazy news organizations who think that they're telling the truth, but all they're doing is leaning into batshit crazy so that they can make money. So the real problem here is we need to address mental health and give people the tools to cope with this radicalization. Trust, but verify, look for a solution to this pervasive. It used to be in the history of, well, my life, it used to get tamped down by neighbors in a neighborhood saying no, don't talk to that person They're They got a screw loose. Now that's not the healthy way to resolve this, but it's the prudent way to resolve it when you don't have a mental health solution. And why would I say that? It's because it would tamp down the ability for somebody to sit there and get this messaging. Don't allow outright lies to be stated in media as if it is true. There's fact checkers that can do it live and we do regularly, except that the people that are telling the truth are being marginalized and mass by people with power and money and influence and maybe buying a social platform because they can't create one on their own. Yeah. Anyway, um, if only I could get government grants and a whole bunch of engineers to do my bidding, I would be a billionaire. Anyway, this person literally stated that they wanted to seize power and kill the president the very moment that he jumped out of the car because it wouldn't get into the campus. And the people that were talking about this on various places, all wingnut stuff was sitting there trying to, um, what do you want to say? Like rationalize it or something? Rationalize it, it or, or, uh, thin it out so that it wasn't so, uh, real, like an attempted murder of the president. This person said I mean, said, that's said a pretty serious set of actions. Yeah. It doesn't seem like we should be like, oh, well, the person didn't really mean it. I mean, again, yeah. I that's separate than the potential mental health concerns. Yeah. So the person crashed the rented truck into security barriers around Lafayette Square in front of the White House late Monday, according to a statement of facts from the Secret Service agent shared by the Department of Justice. Kandula exited the vehicle and took out a red and white flag with a Nazi swastika in the center before that's called the Nazi flag, by the way, just call it what it is. It's the Nazi flag um, before officers intervened. <clears throat> so uh, let me refresh this real quick. 
Um, I won't play it um, like with the audio, but basically that's this is the truck. And there was a recording of it and the person recording it, it watched as they kept on ramming this barrier. They weren't getting through. Um, Julian Muller over at thehill.com wrote this article. Um, and by the way, it's this website's online streaming on YouTube. That's surprising to me. Um, the two hosts that were doing it were basically marginalizing this, uh, rationalizing it, kind of uh, discounting that the action was a, a true threat. <clears throat> um, I mean, and, just because somebody is unsuccessful doesn't mean they're not a threat. I mean, I'm thinking of people like the, was it the shoe bomber, for example, didn't succeed, but that doesn't mean they're not a threat to the people around them. Yeah, so I, I can't even put into words what this person's thought processes were. Um, but let's just say that he wanted... <laughs> Uh, a fascist regime to take over and um, embraced uh, authoritarianism and eugenics and one world order and lauded Adolf Hitler. So, you know, I think what they need to do, you know, if you travel anywhere, they might say, is it for business or pleasure, right? If you're renting a car or something, mm -hmm. they yeah. need to add another question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To the are questionnaire. You, are, are you bananas? Um, right exactly yeah there's actually um depending on where you seek employment one of the questions literally is do you seek to overthrow the government uh, to uh, maybe which, that needs to be on the car rental questionnaire now <laughs> yeah really that <laughs> <laughs> seems a bit much but maybe not do you seek to drive this into lafayette square market yes oh sorry you're going to have to pay a higher deposit. There are no cars available today. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, and this is the first time that I've spoken publicly about that reporter, those reporters sitting at their little uh, table discounting the literal impact of what this guy was doing and could have done if he was more motivated and skilled, intelligent, etc. Um, so anyway, let's move on. So this next article is over in the mobile channel. CAPTCHA is asking users to identify objects that don't exist. Uh, let me throw this article into the chat before I go too far. Oh my gosh, am I ever going to do this right? And there you go, folks. You can go to there too. Um, so CAPTCHA is asking users to identify objects that don't exist. So an unidentified aerial phenomenon, perhaps that's why I titled this CAPTCHA uh, UAP. People trying to use Discord are being asked to identify an object that does not exist. The object in question is a Yoko, which appears to be a kind of mix between a snail and a yo-yo. Multiple people have reported seeing a prompt to identify a Yoko when asked to solve a simple capture prompt when trying to use Discord. The picture of the Yoko, as well as other images in the CAPTCHA, appeared generated by AI. Another user complained on Twitter that they'd failed to pass a CAPTCHA 
uh, to log into Discord. And uh, I'll finish that sentence when we go through this. It's over at vice.com. It's written by Matthew Galt. Um, it says the little deck statement. <sighs> okay, I have a request. Let's find out what that's called. Uh, Discord's CAPTCHA asked users to identify a Yoko, a snail-like object that does not exist and was created by AI. So apparently you have to identify a Yoko. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we now have a new uh, naming convention. This will be added to the dictionary. It reminds it's... me of Midjourney with, I mean, Midjourney is fantastic, but it's not fantastic with words. Oh, yeah. Or lettering. Yeah. Um, so another person um, complained on Twitter that they'd failed to pass a CAPTCHA to log into Discord when it asked them to identify images of a puzzle cube. Again, the pictures appeared to be AI generated. So, uh, is that a puzzle cube? Yes. So oh, I Discord, guess like a Rubik's cube or something. Discord's CAPTCHAs are run by a company called HCAPTCHA. The technology that generates these prompts is proprietary to our third-party partner, and Discord does not directly determine what is presented to users, according to Discord, who told that to Motherboard, uh, which is a section within vice.com. Um, so HCAPTCHA bills itself as a, a privacy-focused alternative to the ubiquitous reCAPTCHA. According to a blog from 2018 about how it works, HCAPTCHA's prompts are generated by clients looking for high-quality human annotations for their machine learning needs. <laughs> so, Like determining what a Yoko is. <laughs> apparently, yeah, or a puzzle cube. Um, so two months ago, a Redditor noticed Discord was asking it to distinguish AI-generated soccer players amidst a group of players or pictures of players uh, playing hockey and golf. In March, another Redditor complained that the Discord captures has become unintelligible. Like, choose the robot where none of the images look human to begin with. Uh, funner than usual, said on the Discord subreddit. Then I never get the email to validate my account, even after jumping through hoops. Seriously, blocking bots is fine. Trying to train AI with shitty rendered CAPTCHA images is another thing entirely. Yeah, it's funny. So that's interesting. Like on reCAPTCHA, I think there's an option that if it's not on there or something, you just click through or maybe it gives you a new one. But gives you a new the one. point is it's imagined that possibility. Yeah, I, uh, one of the solutions on Ometown actually uses HCAPTCHA, uh, but I haven't activated it because I don't know really what the integrity of HCAPTCHA is. Like, is it sound? But apparently uh, me holding off on activating it is actually good money. That might have been a good move, yes. <laughs> Maybe we need to test it and see if there's an image of a Yoko. Oh, well, that one... Then I'll have a, I'll get it right. And that'll totally screw up everything because I got it right. So yeah, that's po true. Poison the well of security. Let's go on to the next article. This next article is in the Warcrafters channel. A former DC universe online chief is heading up the creation of a brand new Warhammer MMO. I'm not sure what the result of this is going to be because, well, I don't think the DC Universe Online is around anymore. 
In May 2022, Chinese tech company NetEase launched its first game studio in North America, Jackalope Games, headed by former Daybreak game company executive Jack Emmert. Nothing was said about what the studio was making and wondered at the time if it's a debut game would have any connection to the Marvel MMO Emmert was leading prior to joining NetEase. But as it turns out, it is an MMO, just not Marvel. It's Warhammer. I wonder if Congress is going to lose its mind around NetEase and this. Maybe not. I mean, in concept they should, but maybe it's just not as prominent as TikTok. Right. It's not poisoning all of the kids' minds. Just some of them. Just some of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, PCGamer.com is the source. Andy Chalk is the author of this article. Jack Emmert's Netties Back to Studio has a new name and a new game. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it's a Chinese-owned company. Can you trust it? Can you? Congress is asking, can you trust Chinese-owned companies? Uh, nothing was said Nobody about the studio. Nobody knows the answer to that as we haven't figured out the TikTok issue. <laughs> no, states are banning it. So get ready, uh, Jackalope Games. Your game, whatever it is, that's going to be Warhammer MMO-ish, is probably going to get banned in, is it Wyoming? Montana? Montana. Yeah. And probably Wyoming. But just give it give it time. They probably don't allow electrical cables Ethernet is too advanced. <laughs> well, that's why would why would we think they would have TikTok in Wyoming? I mean, or gaming. <laughs> Wyoming, the North Korea of the United States. <laughs> oh, it's like when you see that those pictures of the electrical grid or whatever. Yeah. And it's like completely dark. <laughs> Just like a complete black hole right there. Yeah. Um, so it's no great surprise that Emmert is heading up development of a new MMO along with DC Online Universe or DC, the DCUO, so the, the DC Universe Online. Um, his past credits include Champions Online, Star Trek Online, Neverwinter, City of Villains, City of Heroes. I've played both of those. I've played Neverwinter. I've played Star Trek Online. I don't know about Champions. I don't remember Champions. Anyway, and Marvel MMO. I didn't know that there's a Marvel MMO. I don't think I've played it. I don't remember. Well, anyway. it was scrapped less than a year after it was announced. Oh, you read that? Yes. You're, man, you know, the AI is smart. Anyway, because it's the next sentence. You're so fast. So they tried to, you know, and that's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of telling what's going to happen with this. What's going to happen with this? Hmm. Yeah, it's the Game of Thrones of MMOs. The last book is just never going to arrive. And I don't even care because I don't read those books. Um, I've watched the series and that fell on its face like a Marvel MMO. Man, I am not going to get any keys to beta games, at least not from NetEase. Um, let's see, quote, I try to take these hobbies and bring them alive in a new medium for 
uh, not only the core audience who loves the IP, but also fans that perhaps weren't nearly as invested. Yeah, that's kind of my theory about things. I try to get people on board with the stuff, whatever the stuff is, um, as long as I buy into it. Um, you know, if I feel that it's worthy, then obviously I can cheerlead it. I'm not going to cheerlead just because I'm uh, given a paycheck. Um, Emmert said about his work on the, his earlier games, quote, I hope to provide the same feelings I have when I read slash see these hobbies. I wonder if he said that out loud like that. When I read I, slash see these hobbies. Well, the other part is, did he say the part in parentheses like that? I, I wondered if he got to provide it in writing or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been playing work games, workshop games for decades and cherish all their IPs, IPs. Okay. Um, I want to bottle all that I feel is cool and great. Then recreate it in the video game medium. So it looks like he's, you know, passionate and has his head wrapped around it, but you know, it's <laughs> yeah. You need boots on the ground. You need to actually be able to do it, whatever it is. Um, but I think all of these are gone. I don't think City of Villains and City of Heroes is still around. MMO uh, Marvel is gone. Um, Neverwinter, I don't know anymore. I haven't played it in a long, 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 long time. So might still be online. Um, and Star Trek Online, I don't know champions online i don't know it's been a while since i looked at these but i don't know if you're gonna go and look it looks like never winter is still available yeah i think that's the only one <laughs> sorry for the dead air folks um yeah i don't know i don't know about the rest i won't be able to look because i don't want to delay so let's go on to the next article. We can talk about it um, another time. This next article is over in the Law Nerd channel. A federal judge reminds lawyers that, quote, this proceeding is not the playground. A federal judge in Colorado has warned lawyers for litigants in a business dispute that he will not sit idly by. You're, you're bad attorneys, bad. I'm going to get the spray bottle and spritz you. Psst. I'm going to turn this car around. I am going to turn this court around. This is over at ABAJournal.com. Deborah Cassens Weiss is the author of this article. One second. Let me throw this into the chat. Um, so a federal judge in Colorado, this is an update. Apparently a federal judge in Colorado has warned lawyers uh, for litigants in a business dispute that he will not quote, sit idly by in the face of further mis uh, mudslinging. Yeah, you guys are bad. Senior U.S. District Judge William J. Martinez of the District of Colorado addressed attorney conduct in a final thoughts section of a 18, 18 of May order uh, denying motions by both sides. Yeah, I don't know if I want to get into all of it. The motions, Martinez said, punctuated disturbing trend in counsel's conduct in this case. Litigation by its nature involves some conflict, but counsel has taken this to the extreme, Martinez says. 
Attorneys are officers of the court and expect to recognize the vast gulf between zealous advocacy and recalcitrance. I love, I love uh, a lot of uh, lawyer speak because they just, they break out that thesaurus and really just a thesaurus and a juicer and they just get every last drop out of it, you know? Uh, Martinez denied a motion to show authority that he construed as a motion for summary judgment that was filed too late, and he denied a motion to disqualify one of the lawyers because it wasn't filed until more than a year after the allegedly conflicted lawyer entered the case. <laughs> wow. Hey, I've known about this for a, a year, and now I'm about I'm I am up to here with uh, tolerating it. So now I'm going to say something. Um. They found his, this alleged conduct troubling. The lawyers repeatedly accused each other of acting inappropriately, thereby further escalating tensions. The lawyers in the case were unable to meet and confer in good faith, resulting in a magistrate judge's order that they record their meetings and submit the recordings in the event of discovery disputes. Yeah, so this is all just people a little too bent out of shape. This is like a couple of toddlers going... Dad, he took my toy. Yeah. No, he took mine first. Right, yeah. right, exactly. He's touching me. I'm not touching him. He's touching me. Yeah. Does Crockett disagree with Judge Martinez? Barazzi says, Judge Martinez is experienced, smart, runs an efficient and fair court, and is, for good reason, widely respected. Neither Ms. Crockett nor I are about to disagree with him. Nevertheless, we regret being grouped together with plaintiff's counsel. <laughs> they even <Yikes>. took <laughs> they even took the uh, the verbal slap as uh, something to speak out against. Well, no, y'all are both being tools, so just take it for what it is, you know. Um, and and just move along. Because you're going to have a relationship. It's a professional relationship. You're going to have a relationship with this judge. You're going to stand before this judge again. You act like a tool like this, and it's going to follow you around in the court system. Everybody's going to know that you're just a tool of an attorney that doesn't have any coping skills. Right, and it's going to hurt your firm. It's going to hurt your clients. Like It's, it's going to hurt you. Not yep. Well, right. Yeah. Before the state bar, if it gets bad enough. Yeah. And you can be zealous in your uh, process to defend your client. But when you start making it all personal, there's a limit to just how personal you should be taking it. And, and really, whatever it is that the opposing counsel is saying, because uh, uh, opposing counsel is opposing counsel on, on both sides. So you can sit there and say about opposing counsel on both sides. Um, okay. Whatever it is that I'm doing, uh, um, I'll, I'll stop. Um, I don't know what it is that I'm doing that's offending, but if you let me know that I'm doing something that's offensive, then I'll, I'll stop. But, um, you know, I'm not bent out of shape. I've actually had that. I've made that statement to people, you know, hey, I don't know what it is that I did, but the next time it happens, you let me know um, and, and don't get bent out of shape about it uh, because 
I don't see what you're talking about. And to date, it hasn't presented itself again, but I guess we'll see in the coming months because this is actually fresh. It's an interesting story, but I guess we'll see if it ever actually manifests again. Um, that said, I, I think the disturbing trend really is um, where people think that they're the the uh, the protagonist in everybody else's story you know they're they're yeah, the main exactly. character um and and nobody else has a life that's going on and whatever it is that you are dealing with is supposed to be massively important to me even though i'm not putting my bullshit on you um and I could, if you open the door, I can tell you what's going on in my world so that you can see, well, I have places to be and things to do, and I'm not the idiot that caused this. Um, so take your shit and go somewhere else. That's what the judge should have just said. You know what? You two are being complete tools. Get some decorum. Quit poking each other in the chest saying that they're starting it. Move on. Um, yeah. So at any rate, it's an interesting article and, um, you know, I'm not an attorney. I'm not your attorney. If you're listening to this, go talk to an attorney if you need legal advice. But if you want to talk about this kind of stuff, then come back tomorrow, 9 PM Eastern. We talk more about this kind of stuff all the time. And, and kind of distill legal speak and, and the processes in law um, into plain English because um, we have some experience in this kind of stuff. So, um, but we're not attorneys talking about attorney stuff with you. Okay. We're not your attorney. So by the anyway. way, I really like the graphic on this article because it has a Colorado, Colorado flag with a gavel, but it's from Shutterstock, so it's very specific and completely fits. <laughs> There's always something, either from Getty Images or from Shutterstock. And once you actually, once you get a subscription to Shutterstock, you can just do this all day. So maybe I should do that and integrate that into hometown. Give it a little bit more graphical pizzazz for all of the articles. It's a little bit time intense but anyway let's go on to the next article so this next article is over in the late night geeks channel paramount plus to increase in price when it combines with showtime on june 27th and i'm gonna throw one question out into the air and i am curious what the ai is gonna say who said this first this headline specifically or uh, this uh, topic yeah, yeah. more generally yeah. well this topic in general this headline you oh really me yeah mayor what <laughs> in fact that's part of why this article was submitted <laughs> <laughs> because it was like well we've heard this before <laughs> huh it's almost like i'm a freaking wizard huh i can see into the future I've been saying this, mergers and acquisitions are the bane of society for crying out loud. We need increased competition. Mergers and acquisitions need to be disabled, at least for a time period where the middle class is being marginalized and wiped out 
because there is no ability to compete with these juggernauts who just throw a shit ton of money at somebody who's demanding great sums of money for licensing. And thus they get that large sum of money for licensing because there isn't any real competition. But if we had a thousand people providing a service like this, it would balkanize it to the point where the people that do have content would be able to license to a multitude of people so that they can get that same great sum, except that everybody else's subordinate pricing would be lower. So instead of me having to pay $75 for TV, if we had a multitude of people offering the same channels, Everybody would be making money. Everybody would be providing a service. Everybody would be paying a fee that's a little more freaking reasonable than $75 a month. Sorry, I'm peeking my mic here. Anyway. I'm very passionate about this topic. Well, see, I am an ethical capitalist. So when I look at mergers and acquisitions, they... I think that it should be healthy mergers and acquisitions, not ones that wipe out all competition, consolidate everything into one mega corporation that owns every freaking thing from what top to bottom, you know, ass to nuts, whatever you want to say. And I meant more narrowly. I meant about cable um, prices, but yes. Yeah, so it says the same week that Warner Brothers Discovery launched its merged HBO Max and Discovery Plus streaming service, Max Paramount announced the um, launch date of Paramount Plus with Showtime. The newly integrated service will roll out to users in the U.S. on June 27th. See what I'm saying? Right? Max is going to be increasing its pricing. Yeah. Paramount Plus with Showtime, it's going to increase its pricing. Why? Because there isn't any freaking competition disney plus with hulu and it's raising its it's already announced it it's raising its as well so as the company and people are going to get fired at the same time that's the kick right in the old twig and berries it, it, it the fact that people are going to lose their jobs while prices are getting increased that's that's the, the problem here Anyway, by meanwhile, there's some D-bag that's paying himself a quarter million dollars while there's a writer strike, but people aren't making even close. And I don't think that the writer strike is going to work. As much as I appreciate what's going on and I, I value what writers do, they're basically trying to force opportunity to anybody who wants a writer's room to have X number of writers per various constraints. But it's all about quality and, and, and what the people who are um, needing written need or feel they need. They should have some judgment in what they are going to spend. But that's not what seems to be shaking out from this. But I haven't had my ear to this all that much because it's largely behind closed doors. People are trying to hash out what the 
result is going to be. But the one that I heard a lot is forcing X number of writers in a writing room if you're going to do this size budget. I don't know. Um, anyway, so, but these mergers are all part of this because as there is less and less competition for writing, because basically if you had 10 companies, you would need at least, let's say 10 writers, right? But when right. everything gets consolidated into two companies, all you need are two writers. They're just forced to work five times harder. Make sense. And the one that well, wants to keep no, that gig, but that's what we'll, we'll see. <laughs> the sociopathic business person. It makes sense to a compassionate, ethical business person. It doesn't make sense because a quarter million dollars a year for you to steer a ship that's actually being run pretty well by its own accord. And your subordinates are supposed to be smarter than you. You're just good at steering. They should be making that composite $250 million. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. This is just going to ruin the customer experience because there no competition means that they don't have to evolve the system and nobody else. And can the spin prices up. are going up as yeah. we've talked about. Yep. Yep. And it'll continue next year. They're going to do it again. Mark my words, it's going to go up another two bucks. Right? Well, let's keep in mind, it's two bucks, let's say, per month right? in perpetuity. And then if the next service is doing a two buck increase per month, I mean, it's it's yeah. real dollars to families. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but they talk about pricing and all of that. But the reality is that the prices are going up. Um, and people are losing their jobs at the same time. Okay, let's, let's go on to the next article. Oh, wait, this is actually, I kind of messed up the rotation here. So like, this is a, the little snippet, but this is the actual article over at TechCrunch, Lauren Forrestal. I messed that up. I'm sorry, folks. Um, Lauren Forrestal is the author of this article about, um, Paramount increasing its price, but the nuts and bolts are the same. I'm just want I want to give credit to Lauren Forrestal for their writing, um, and definitely go over and check it out. Um, they they talk about the pricing: fifteen dollars per month without ads, eleven ninety nine with ads. So you're you're worth you're worth three dollars per month in ads just so y'all know. So the rest of it is juice because the ads are supposed to, you know, pay for things, but apparently that's not true. Earlier this month, Paramount had its Q1 earnings call where the company reported that Paramount Plus with Showtime is expected to generate around $700 million in future annual expense savings. However, combining the two services also resulted in a programming charge of 1.7 billion in the first quarter, and they have 60 million subscribers. It doesn't seem like much, by the way. It doesn't? Nope. Not for a company that should be that, that, that is that large with that much IP control. Um, 
there are other equally large companies, right? Disney has millions of subscribers. Um, who else is it? It says it up here. Warner uh, Brothers Fox Discovery. Or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Um, the the point is that it seems like it's a small amount um, compared to the fact that they are one of the big three kind of companies. I figured that there would be more, but maybe I just have a really odd sense of what this really is, um, what this represents. So yeah, I'll do some more due diligence about this, um, but it just seems, it seems that again, mergers and acquisitions, it's gonna raise prices, lower options, lower quality, people are gonna get fired. It's, it's always like this. Okay, now we'll move on to the next. So this next article is about a guy who uh, decided that he was going to make his way to the CIA by way of a Virginia preschool. A Florida man found trespassing at a Virginia preschool on Tuesday told officers that he was making his way to the CIA and firearms were found in the search of his vehicle. Eric Sandow, 32, was detained after police said that he was found trespassing at the Dolly Madison Preschool in McLean, Virginia, according to the Fairfax County Police Department. And, uh, yeah, the CIA is right there in McLean, huh? Right, but I guess it's really close. Well, maybe. I mean, is it abutting the preschool? Yeah, I don't know where directly it is. So, uh, Julie, Julia Muller over at thehill.com put this article together. Um, a search of the man's vehicle turned up two firearms, including an AK-47, according to the police department. Sandow was charged with felony possession of a firearm on school property, which kicks it up quite a bit. I think they tack on like 10 years to your prison sentence for stuff like that. Um, and, uh, the Hill wants you to know something. They've reached out to the CIA for comment. I'm sure that the CIA is going to be all over it. Yeah, I don't think they're going to give a call a comment on that. <laughs> yeah. So apparently the CIA headquarters is a short distance from the preschool. It is. In fact, I just looked it up and it's driving, not walking. It would actually be a little bit shorter, but it's only 1.3 miles away. Oh, so it's like a four minute jog. And again, that's taking roads. If you were cutting through, you could do it shorter than that. Yeah, if you cut through a preschool, it usually is a shorter trip wherever. Whatever you do, if you cut through a preschool with a firearm, it tends to be a shorter distance straight to jail. Very short, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. God, ugh. What is going on? You know, I, there's always wing nuts, right? But I, I can't tell if the immediacy of news is leading me to find out more about it all the time. I or, think that's what it is. Like, I it, don't know that the incidents is up are up, but it's it seems like it. But we have twenty four hour news cycle, multiple news sources. Yeah, hometown is constant. So yeah, maybe that's what it is. I'll I'll let it fly. But man, I just feel like I'm seeing and hearing this all the time. Just the sociopathy is just off the chart. 
Well, and we did have two within the last 24 hours. So, I mean, that did stand out to me. Yeah, I need to move on. Let's go. This next article is over in the Warcrafters channel. Apple owning micro LED monitor manufacturing has the authors worried. Reports of Apple developing and manufacturing micro LED displays have been circulating for years, but now it seems like the company is closing in on producing actual retail availability of products with the new display tech. If it sounds like good news in terms of pushing forward display technology that seems to have been stuck in development stage forever, well, the authors have concerns. It's over at PC Gamer. Most especially about Apple ending up owning important intellectual property around micro LED tech. That doesn't automatically seem like it's going to be a good thing, say, if you're hoping for micro LED PC monitors. Hold that thought. So Jeremy Laird over at uh, PCGamer.com put this article together. Um, yeah, that's like the cleanest desktop in the world. And I don't know how many people actually operate within that environment. Um, I need a little bit of clutter, just enough to make it not feel like I'm in a sterile laboratory. And that's very sterile laboratory. I feel like that's not actually a workspace. It's just one stage for the photo. Yeah. So, um, let's see. I'm trying to find something that actually makes any sense. For starters, micro LED is much less prone to burn in than OLED, uh, which continues to be a concern in the OLED displays like Alienware's excellent AW4243DWF. Yeah, I had to say it. Uh, in theory, it's also brighter and can be made into th thinner panels, has even faster response rate and better viewing angles. Basically, the works is what the author says. So the problem has been productionizing the technology. It's extremely expensive to make, partly because existing manufacturing processes require each micro LED subpixel to be physically placed on the display substrate. Huh. I thought that's the case no matter what anyway, but <clears throat> okay. Uh, it just happens to be smaller than standard screen LED displays. There's more per panel. So in a 4K panel, that's no fewer than 24 million individual LEDs. Even using automated processes, picking and placing that many LEDs is a nightmare in terms of manufacturing cost and quality control. Yeah, naturally. Um, <coughs> pardon me, I'm sorry. Anyway, I think that they're panicking because Apple will have this tech. It's similar to Firewire and other technologies where in development with uh, Apple, Intel gives, and that's not Intel that's going to, that provided this tech to Apple. But um, as an example, Firewire and other high-speed connectivity uh, like lightning cables by way of partnership were developed and gave special consideration to Apple. So they were the first to have an ultra high speed M.2 connector that was, uh, uh, what do you want to call it? X4. It was faster than what was already on the market. That's because their proprietary 
connector was developed in partnership with a manufacturer. Nobody got access to it until well after Apple was basically providing it um, as part of their manufacturing process. So in this case, people are, well, this person in particular is freaking out about the fact that Apple will have micro LED tech before everybody else does. But that's what happens when you have fundamental research being done um, and being, <coughs> you know, pardon me one second. The, my problem with mergers and acquisitions is that when you have two companies that are making ends meet, the reason why there is a merger is because somebody pays multitudes of annual uh, profits to the company being merged, right? Or acquired. In this particular instance, micro LED tech has stalled. And so Apple is buying what they believe is future uh, tech that they believe can they can bring to market with further research and development and manufacturing within their vertical. Saving this is the best case scenario because without somebody buying it, micro LED tech basically dies on the vine. So in this case, a purchase is good, but it's context that matters. And most of what we see in mergers and acquisitions aren't this to save tech. It's to concentrate wealth, power, and influence. And shut down things. And shut often. down competition. Yeah, exactly. And fire people and give yourself a $250 million salary at the same time. Um, okay, so let's go on to the next article. Unless you want to say something about this. No, I don't have anything on this one. Uh, our last article for today is, what is this? A car for ants? Volvo hypes the EX30's smaller CO2 footprint. It's in the Late Night Geeks channel. Um, comes from TechCrunch. And it says, Volvo is back with new details on its forthcoming EX30 electric SUV. This time, the Swedish automaker is taking up, talking up. The uh, vehicle's carbon footprint, claiming it's smaller than any Volvo car ever. It would be funny if you like look at the stats and like every other Volvo car is just massive in its carbon footprint. And this one's right. only like five, five percent smaller. I'm sure that's not what the truth is, but there seems to be a lot in this snippet. So when y'all go to visit this article, it probably won't be this size when I get done with it. Um, because we don't normally grab this much. In fact, I, I know that the aggregator just kind of, I don't know what. They must provide a lot um, in their service for, for this. Anyway, uh, Volvo claims that it cut EX30's total CO2 emissions over 200,000 kilometers of driving to below 30 tons. An asterisk beside this quote explains that it's based on assessment. Volvo hasn't said anything about that assessment, aside from calling it a verified life cycle analysis document that it plans to publish at launch. TechCrunch reached out to Volvo for details on the paper, as well as who could verify it. The Swedish company already sells two fully electric vehicles, a crossover named C40 and an SUV named XC40. 
It sounds like droids from Star Wars. Yes, it does, but probably not as cute as some of them. But Uncle, I was trying to get to Tashi Station to buy C40. According to Volvo, its upcoming small SUV will emit 25% less CO2 than its current all-electric models. An earlier assessment from Volvo pegged the C40's total emissions at around 42 tons. So, pretty neat. Um, let's go over to TechCrunch. Maybe they have a picture of the car. Oh, yeah, they do. Look at that. It's in there. It is, but there's really not much context because we don't have anything <laughs> else for scale. <laughs> a banana for scale would squash it. Harry Weber is the, uh, or Harry Weber is the author of this uh, article over at TechCrunch.com. It says, in fact, Volvo is so determined to drive home an air of minimal minimization that it made promotional images of the EX30 in miniature. Look how small it is cruising into a shadow on the dashboard of a regular-sized car. Look at that. It's so cute. How much do you think this car costs? The little car or the real-sized car? That's not... That's CG. That Yes, that matchbox. I have no Six idea. Six bucks. Okay. You can spit out any number. You could have spit out any number. What kind of an AI are you? Come on. It's Volvo not added an actual an... car at that size. Yeah, I'm curious how much this is going to cost. Volvo added in a statement designing a smaller car. Meet. See, now I think that this is really an April Fool's joke, and the car that they've designed really is that big. That would be funny. That would also explain why it's so good with respect to emissions. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Still, Volvo hasn't announced the EX30's dimensions. I'm telling you, this is just walking slowly towards the, the ledge that this is a matchbox. Who knows? Maybe it really will be freakishly small. Well, I guess we'll find out on June 7th. We'll have to look for articles on that day to, to update this. Well, just to ruin this party, Car Scoops, I guess, is another website. Carscoops.com reports that the EX30 will sit between 165 and 170 inches long, putting it in the mini countryman territory. That wouldn't be far off from Volvo's electric crossover, which clocks in at 174.8 inches long. So, not that big of a deal. So, still small. I love the Mini Countryman. I would love to have an all-electric that I can charge battery swap station style. So, I guess that's it. I'm just going to give up on all-wheel drive and just get a Mini Cooper. And promptly slide into a snowbank. Hey, that's the price we pay. At least it's not electric, so I can only go 30 miles in freezing snow. And then be trapped in my all-electric car. And now we just lost the electric car contingent. Got it. Anyway, um, that's it, folks. That's the end of the show. The Ohmtown Daily. 
Um, we always bring you back to the front page and mash that button and it refreshes and lets us know some of the other articles that are going to be talked about between now and tomorrow, same time, 9 p.m. Eastern. We'll grab somewhere. Well, we actually look at every single article <laughs> and tomorrow is going to be the big day. That's when we get somewhere around 600 articles. Um, this one will be interesting. If you are also interested in providing us with the link, you will be able to do that. You can actually send an email to uh, mayor at hometown.com. We used to do this through Showbot, um, but I will be expanding a feature on hometown so that you can submit your own URLs uh, directly to us, even if they aren't part of hometown. Um, and um, we can integrate it into hometown uh, itself um, maybe even include it as a source the, the actual parent website as a source uh, but it usually we have to vet it and, and uh, work with the site for a little bit and see anyway um you heard about target right yes i about seen this that. tuck friendly um clothing did they really remove it? Because I didn't hear that they removed it yeah. until I saw an article. They removed some um, clothing. Their store um, employees were actually getting threats. Uh, Lovely. So, I mean, while I don't agree with removing it, I understand they have to look out for their employee safety. Right. Yeah. Why don't you scumbag people stop threatening people? Nobody exactly. threatens you. Everybody else is just leading their happy life, being their happy selves, you know? Life, safety, the pursuit of happiness. Y'all are just being assholes. So why? Why treat other people in such a crappy way? You know, don't be horrible people. Be the change you want to see in the world. And if all you want to see is a people is a population hating on each other constantly, then continue your bad ways. You're on the wrong side of existence. You're on the wrong side of society. You're on the wrong side of progress. You're on the wrong side of humanity. Happy to discuss it more, but be prepared. I'll put you on camera on there so that nobody can sit there and say it wasn't me because we'll have a discussion about it. The biggest question that I will have for you, and I'll ask you again and again, because I guarantee you won't be able to answer it truthfully. Where does any of this harm you? Where does any of this stifle your freedom? Where does any of this cause you pain as opposed to all the stuff that you do? That causes others pain. If you don't want to be a horrible person, don't do this stuff. Don't sit there and threaten somebody when they have a differing view than you, where it is open and inclusive and embracing and helps with mental health and helps with society, as opposed to what you are trying to do which is oppressive and hateful and vindictive and antithetical to being a social uh, being, a, a loving, caring, compassionate entity. 
Look at the mirror and ask yourself if you're a sociopath. Okay, with that, I am Marwat. That is om. <clears throat> that is omtown.com. And uh, up there is the AI. I don't know if you want to say anything other than see you later, but you have the con. I don't know where to go from there. Um, <laughs> I thought Target was doing a pretty good job of being inclusive. And I mean, you could see that in their marketing materials, etc. So this has been an interesting um, thing to follow. But I agree with Mayor Watt. Um, don't knock somebody else if they're not harming other people. Let them live their lives. You know, make decisions for yourself, maybe for your family, but you don't have to make decisions for other people. Anyway, um, on that note, have a good evening, and we will see you tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern. That's true. And yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye bye. Mm -hmm.